I'm Ross. We here at the CrickCast like to think that movies can be both art and entertainment. Now, if you've listened to other CrickCasts before this one, you might get the idea that I'm some snooty art boy who needs a movie to have deep meaning and complex characterization in order to get a boner or to like the movie. But let me assure you that I'm not that demanding on my movies. There's room enough in my heart for movies that are just good, fun entertainment as well as movies that are erudite artistic expressions. But every so often, I encounter a movie that manages to be the best of both worlds. And Edgar Wright's Baby Driver is one such movie. In Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, we follow Baby Driver, a getaway driver who was bitten by a radioactive Vin Diesel and gained super driving powers. But like the best shitty superhero, Baby Driver's powers only manifest when he's able to listen to Edgar Wright's personal iTunes playlist. With the help of The Punisher, The Killer from Seven, and John Hamm, Baby Driver must pull off the greatest car dance show of the century in order to save some girl that bought him coffee that one time. I would write a longer, sarcastic plot synopsis, but Baby Driver is direct and to the point with no real filler to make fun of. And that's a good thing! Of the many things I love about Edgar Wright movies, and there are certainly a lot of things to love, I most appreciate how lean and focused they are. All the movies that he's written and directed, no matter how fast-paced or weird they might have been, are reliably focused on their central narrative and characters with no side distractions or detours. There may be moments in those movies when a fun little thing happens seemingly on the side or just seem to exist for style and flair, but then those moments are always reincorporated later in the movie, or they were setups for payoffs. So not a single moment or scene ever goes to waste. Not a single one. Not a single banana reference or wall mural in the background is ever wasted. Every single thing you see and hear in Baby Driver or an Edgar Wright movie is either important to the plot or a way to further reinforce a feeling through imagery. This is, of course, the work of a master filmmaker using every artistic tool in the medium to their greatest potential. Such mastery of the art also creates a movie that's never boring or slow or uninteresting, So even if you don't care about all the wonderful shot compositions, edits, or subtle foreshadowing, Baby Driver is still a movie that you can enjoy on its merits as entertainment as well. It's the best of both worlds. Before we dig into Baby Driver itself, I'll just go ahead and put my cards on the table. Yes, I am one of those people who thinks Edgar Wright is one of the best filmmakers working today. That's not a very original thing to say, since most critics say that as well. But I think it's important to say it up front to give a better context to some of the things I'm about to say about Baby Driver. Not necessarily the good things, because I'll just gush about those anyway, but mostly the few negative things I have too. Surprise! I have one or two things to say about Baby Driver that aren't just the sounds of me sucking off Edgar Wright, which I'll just get into right now. The the critics, not the sucking. Among Edgar Wright's many strengths is his ability to write interesting and engaging characters. They're not always the most complex and nuanced, but they're always characterized through great acting and visual storytelling and with minimal exposition. Then these characters interact in ways that create more depth and do the real work of moving them through their respective narrative arcs. But in Baby Driver, there's at least one character that I thought didn't get this grand treatment. Uh, Ansel Elgort's baby falls in love with a waitress called Deborah, played by Lily James. And I think she got a subpar characterization in Baby Driver. 
Now, there are other characters in the movie that are pretty one-note and disposable, but they were side characters, not a main one. Deborah may be given about the same amount of backstory and motivation as the other main characters, but I don't think she's given much to do. For all intents and purposes, she's the princess that Baby is saving from her dead-end life as a waitress. In the context of this movie, it's not exceedingly bad since the whole movie is very arch and geared towards having a very simplistic plot. But I don't know, it feels like she could have been given more agency and a life outside of babies, especially in a movie released in 2017. I'm not saying she needed to be super tough independent diversity Wonder Woman, because that wouldn't have worked in this plot. But I would have appreciated it if she was more than just baby's love interest and baby's motivation. Another thing that bothered me, and it's something that I fully admit to not even really being a criticism of anything, is that the movie wouldn't be as great as it is if it were not for the whole music angle and Edgar Wright's style. I know, and I know, it's a total non-criticism because that basically boils down to, if this were a different movie, I wouldn't have liked it. But I think it's worth noting that the movie is a very, very basic bank heist movie and crime movie that's elevated because of the style put into it. Take away the music and the fact that the whole movie is synced to the music, and Baby Driver is actually very plain. Again, not a real complaint or criticism, it's more of a slightly thoughtful observation. I suppose my one other quote criticism of Baby Driver is that I wanted more John Bernthal in the movie. Despite what you may have seen in the trailers, he actually has a very small part in the movie and then is never seen again. Uh, I bet, again, this is another non-criticism, but I love me some John Bernthal, and I wanted to see more of him before Netflix makes their Punisher series. Now, on to a few of the things I loved about Baby Driver. Um, some of you may not be aware of this because it's poorly communicated in the trailers and advertisements, but this movie is almost entirely synced and choreographed to its soundtrack. Baby Driver almost has more in common with Astaire and Rogers-era dancing musicals than it does action movies. Nobody's dancing around like in some Disney movie, but all the edits and most of the actions and sounds are timed to the beat of the music and paced according to the song that is playing. Gunshots, car doors, hands moving, people walking, sound effects. All of it's timed according to the music, creating this wonderful rhythm that gets you involved with every action and every word. It's almost like you're dancing with the movie and experiencing its ups and downs in perfect harmony with, with what's happening on screen. As a side note, uh, when you see Kevin Spacey in the trailers and advertisements talking with all this weird stylistic dialogue like he's reading slam poetry, he talks like that throughout the entire movie. It's great. The entire endeavor of this movie is only helped by Wright's excellent editing, cinematography, blocking, writing, and lighting. It's all there. There's always something interesting to look at in an interesting way in every scene. Every tool and trick a filmmaker could use is used to its fullest effect, but none of it is ever distracting. A technique is only used when it enhances the scene or creates the right effect. The frantic, beat-infused editing of the opening car chase isn't used in the following scene of Baby getting coffee because the scenes needed different tones and feelings. The car chase needed to be exciting and pulsing to the beat of the music, while the coffee scene was filmed in a single, stylish take to emphasize the momentum with which Baby moves and how routine the entire errand was. But even still, Edgar Wright isn't above using a simple shot-reverse shot when Baby meets Deborah. 
because that emphasizes the intimacy and interaction of the moment. I love this kind of stuff. I don't like it when a movie is filmed in one style with one technique just because of its genre. A filmmaker should film a scene or moment in a way that best serves whatever they're trying to convey, regardless of what style or genre the whole movie is. The other big thing I love about Baby Driver is its sound design. Obviously, sound design was going to be a big part of how this movie succeeded because of its intense reliance on music and how music is central to its narrative. But I always love when the music or sound that the audience hears is tied directly to and affected by the actions on screen. Uh, for example, Baby frequently wears earbuds throughout the entire film. He's listening to music to drown out his tinnitus. Typically, the music he's listening to is also being heard at some volume in the theater alongside the other parts of the audio. But whenever someone removes an earbud, the music reflects that, as if the audience was baby with the earbuds in left and right audio drop, or the music becomes tinny or distant. I like that kind of stuff because that makes me part of the movie in some way. It's also a great tool to enhance moments through repetition or to emphasize what exactly baby is feeling. As much as I enjoy things like the Marvel movies and other dumb action movies, I still would like to see more original movies by filmmakers with vision. Baby Driver is one of those movies. Full stop. It's fun and action-packed, but backed up with incredible style and mastery of the medium. You should go see it. You should go and spend your money on it, because that's how you support this kind of stuff. Don't be one of those people who bitches about the lack of originality or artistic voices in Hollywood and then doesn't go out and supports original artistic works. Don't be that. And if you're a person who doesn't care about that kind of stuff, go see it anyway because it's a blast to watch. There's no reason not to see this movie. You should go see it. I'm Ross, and this has been the CritCast. You can find more on SoundCloud and iTunes. Y'all have a good day. Now.